Monk Realty Show is the podcast at the intersection of real estate, technology, and future. This podcast is produced by Monk Tech Labs, which owns and operates SaaS products like the House Monk, which is used to manage residential portfolios, and the Office Monk, which is used to manage commercial portfolios. Good morning. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Monk Realty Show. Today, we're shooting from Dubai. And I have one of my favorite uh, personalities from the Dubai real estate industry here with me. We have uh, uh, Mr. Abu Laban with us. Most recently, he served as CEO of Dayar Facilities Management, where his key accomplishments include growing the revenue by 125%, managing assets in almost 800 locations, and having grown the headcount by about 350%. He was recognized for quite a lot of the work that he did, including being awarded CEO of the year and FM executive of the year in 2021, as well as visionary leader in 2022. He has spent close to two decades in the real estate industry, having previously worked with companies like The Mac and Cushman and Wakefield. It's a pleasure to have him here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Welcome to my home. Oh, yes. And this is a very nice. This is a very nice setting for us to be shooting this episode as well. Thank you. I thought it would be different from having it in an office. <laughs> that was a really nice thought. So uh, let's maybe like jump right in, right? Um, a lot of our listeners are FM leaders and you know like business owners uh, in the FM industry. What do you think are the top three metrics uh, that they should be looking at on a daily basis when they are coming to running their business? If you are managing a company, you need to look at uh, your financials. So now cash flow is very important. You need to look how much you are collecting and how much you are spending. Mm -hmm. You need to always try to be cash positive. Mm -hmm. You need to look at your costs also from procurement perspective, etc. So the financials uh, as a whole, you need to have uh, a look at uh, and keep a very strong eye on. The second thing is health and safety. Mm -hmm. You need to ensure that you know uh, health and safety is paramount. That culture is cascaded. Uh, all through the organization, mm -hmm. uh, spot checks, uh, you know, you need to have policies and procedures in place. Mm -hmm. But you as a leader also, you need to go on site and make sure that things are done in the right way and right. people are seeing you as the owner or as the CEO of the company mm -hmm. uh, on site with them. Mm -hmm. The third thing is the uh, operations, uh, operation excellence mm -hmm. and customer, uh, you know, uh, satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So you need to ensure that you are meeting your SLAs and KPIs mm -hmm. uh, and reviewing those things with your operations team. So those are the three main things that That's I will talk about. It's a very clear set of three things to look at as well. So really appreciate uh, the clarity there. When we're looking at the FM industry, something that we notice is that quite a lot of new players keep popping up all the time. Yes. And uh, it's fairly easy for them to get a couple of early customers, you know, just within their network and, you know, just yes. from their experience. So it's very evident to us on how do we differentiate a bad FM company from a good FM company. But what we'd love to hear from you is what are some things that differentiates a great FM company from a good FM company? Okay, that's a good question. Uh, a great company is a company that has great culture, that they work towards one goal mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and is supported by a good backbone. Uh, and uh, a, back, a good backbone is, or a, a spinal cord of a company is a good system. A good mm -hmm. CAFAM system, the DRP system. So the smaller companies cannot afford having those kind of systems mm -hmm. uh, in place. Uh, normally, their uh, work is based on paperwork mm -hmm. rather than having 
you know, becoming paperless with the mobility solution, uh, utilizing state-of-the-art technologies from augmented reality to virtual reality in training, for example. So technology is a key differentiator. The other thing, the larger companies uh, can also uh, afford, you know, investing in their team and yeah. in their uh, ISO and their certification in their BICS mm -hmm. and in their ISA certification, for example. So all mm -hmm. those things are important when you are looking at a great company, but all of it needs to become uh, you know, very uh, covered by one big culture, mm -hmm. which is a culture that you need to go towards customer satisfaction, customer happiness, and mm -hmm. give them a good experience uh, when you are delivering services to them. Fantastic. Uh, that's, a, that's a really interesting point to say that even though the FM industry really interacts between people and the real estate, the point that you actually need to start from the customer and work backwards from there. Definitely, you have to be customer oriented in everything you do. If you are in service in a hotel mm -hmm. or in a restaurant or in an FM company or property uh, management company, mm -hmm. uh, the most important is the customer and you need to give them a good experience. Let's say you are in a burger joint. Mm -hmm. From the entrance, how he orders the burger, uh, to the time he goes to the washroom to wash his hands and then mm. uh, leave the restaurant. Right. The experience is very important. Same thing for an FM. Mm -hmm. When you are providing services to a compound or to a commercial tower or mm -hmm. to a hospital, mm -hmm. the, uh, we need to be uh, giving the people uh, you know, a good uh, experience uh, from the service level as well as the customer interaction. Mm -hmm. uh, the customer need to see a smiling mm -hmm. uh, technician, uh, somebody at the reception, he's uh, greeting right. in the right way, in the, in the right language, right, right attitude. All those things are very important. Very interesting. Uh, just as you mentioned that point, the thought that went up through my mind was that although we can implement a lot of technology to kind of track how the built environment is managed, some of the points that you mentioned they're not really things that we can quantify using technology. This really comes through training, right? Um, any pointers that you can share on how the FM industry and the FM leaders should think about training their staff? You need to look at the needs for uh, each team. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely the responsibility of each manager to identify the needs of his team. There's some items which are general. So for example, if you are working in the cleaning industry, you need to have a big accreditation. Mm -hmm. or ISA accreditation and you need to have a training facility mm -hmm. and that gives a very structured way of doing things for the training. However, if you are looking at the skills of each uh, engineer or manager or supervisor, you know, you need to identify uh, those things and ensure that you are coaching them. Mm -hmm. You will find sometimes a gap between mm -hmm. the uh, top management and then the mid-management and the low-management where some of the mid-management would not know how to actually identify the needs for the uh, entry-level managers or the engineers. So uh, a good HR team, a good CEO uh, in the collaboration between them with other heads of department, they would be talking, coaching them, helping them to uh, uh, help them how can I identify the needs of each individual within the team. Because as much as you grow and improve the team, you become better. I always say we are as good as our weakest link. Mm. So we are as strong as our weakest link. Mm. And so identifying the weak links within the team, that doesn't mean you get rid of them. Mm. That means you try to coach them. Mm. So 
there is uh, a process of helping people. Some people, in my experience, the majority of people would want to be helped, you know? They are shy sometimes to say, I need this. So a good manager would be identifying that and helping his staff, you know? That's a very interesting point. Like everyone wants to progress in their career, even if some of them are too shy or, you know, uh, they're not very comfortable asking about it. So the point that a good leader will work with the HR team to kind of identify these people and you know kind of help them forward that's a really really interesting point a lot of these challenges uh, as I was just listening to you speak I realized are scaling challenges what that means is that in the early days of the company when typically it's the business owner who's kind of started it and maybe like has the first five ten uh, locations under management properties under management because the business owner is so passionate about the business and they typically kind of manage uh, to keep a check you know on all of these things but the real challenge really comes in how do you scale it how do you go from 10 properties under management to let's say like 100 properties to eventually a thousand properties under management so for anyone on that growth path any FM leader on that growth path when they have got an early start into the business and now they're understanding and thinking about how do they scale it 10 to 100 times the scale that they currently are operating at what do you think are a couple of things that they should keep in mind? What, what are the most likely challenges they're going to encounter? I'll start my answer from using the word that you use. I love it. It's called passion. Mm -hmm. So the business owner needs to be passionate, but uh, everybody within the organization needs to be passionate about what they do. Uh, when I uh, hire people and I tell also all my team when they are hiring people, if somebody is not passionate about what he does, mm -hmm. don't hire. And you can see it on different levels from when you are hiring a technician or from when you're hiring a supervisor up to when you're hiring a, an operations director or a manager. Mm -hmm. uh, the company is normally built on four pillars. You know, mm -hmm. the first one is people. So selecting people who are passionate is very important. Right. Then you need to have good processes. And that's the second P. And then you need to look at the product. Do they understand the service that they are providing? So that's like the product. Mm -hmm. And then looking at productivity. Productivity means efficiency, means putting systems in place to ensure efficiency and uh, effectiveness are in place. So that have under it quality control and those things. Obviously, when it becomes too big, uh, one person cannot be in 100 locations. Right. But when he is cascading all those policies and procedures through a good culture and having everybody uh, going towards one goal, mm -hmm. which uh, is to grow the company, uh, provide cost-effective services, mm -hmm. uh, understanding the customer and keeping him happy. Mm -hmm. You know, all those things are big things that you need to cascade within the team. Mm -hmm. And that way, if you're keeping repeating those things and ensuring that you have policies and procedure mm -hmm. uh, that guide uh, those uh, the quality of the service, uh, you know, inshallah, uh, the, the growth will be sustainable mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you can continue growing without affecting the quality or the reputation of the organization. Fantastic. I, that gives a very clear framework of people, process, product and productivity. Right. So that's a, that's a really interesting, uh, it, it's good that you've said it in the same way as well so that people can kind of uh, remember that and, you know, kind of execute their businesses in the same way. Um, something that we notice because we have customers in so many different parts of the world, right? We notice that every region gets certain things right and gets certain things wrong. And we feel that, you know, if we collectively bring this information out, like people from different parts of the world can kind of uh, understand what they're doing well and, you know, what they should possibly do better. 
So with respect to FM in let's say Dubai, what do you think is one thing that the that the FM industry here gets right, and what do you think is one thing that the FM industry here should do better? FM industry here in UAE is uh, leading the path in the Middle East, um, and you know we gained from a lot of expats coming uh, to the uh, Emirates uh, in the past 20 years. Uh, that helped that transformation or that knowledge to be moved from different places in the world and then be implemented here. Uh, the thing that, uh, so for example, uh, implementation of softwares, of systems, of CAFAM, you know, this has started a long time ago. Mm -hmm. However, in some instances, we overdo things mm -hmm. uh, and what I mean sometimes there's a good idea but uh, you know uh, we end up uh, overdoing it or overstretching it I'll give you an example um, sometimes you there's now an idea about something called the auction mm -hmm. online auction so mm -hmm. basically you tender mm -hmm. uh, let's say 10 companies tendered for a project mm -hmm. uh, you end up uh, passing the technical mm -hmm. and then they go to the financial now obviously the nice thing is to have 60 40 mm -hmm. so 60 on technical and 40 percent on financial mm -hmm. but what you see now is that after everybody passes the technical mm -hmm. okay although the solutions could be different mm -hmm. but uh, they forget all the technical scoring and now they go to the financial mm -hmm. now there is a couple of things here the first thing is that Normally, when you do a, uh, an auction, it's the last step in negotiation. Yeah. I think it's fair that the last two or three people, they give them that sure. option. So within uh, half an hour, please come back to us with a revised price. Sure. But what happens in uh, UAE, and I've experienced it, where you come second in a tender, and then uh, during uh, the auction, the people or the company that came 10th or 7th, mm -hmm. you know, end up going to the first place because they just want, you know, they want to win the project mm -hmm. and uh, they end up putting a very uh, competitive price. Mm. So from a, the client, from his side, as a cost, he may have achieved good savings, mm. but maybe this company is not the best technically, mm -hmm. or even if it is good technical, mm -hmm. on the financial side, I don't think it is fair that to engage all the companies you should engage maybe the top three so sometimes they mm -hmm. over uh, okay. you know do it uh, and I can understand you know the position of the client but mm -hmm. also uh, uh, for the service provider mm -hmm. sometimes it's it's not fair, fair, fair enough. Well, that's a really interesting point right like because we noticed that the FM industry uh, with respect to technology implementation uh, in Dubai is actually very far ahead because uh, most companies here have either already bought, uh, implemented or are thinking about buying. Whereas in many other parts of the world, people are not even in that stage yet, right? So it's, it's, it's a really good point that it's a very tech first, you know, kind of uh, kind of a market. Now that we're anyway talking about the tech, so let's maybe like talk a little bit about uh, implementation of software and technology uh, in, the, in the FM industry. So let's start with maybe the end users, right? So it's of course easy for management teams and teams that are sitting in the office of an FM company um, to use technology because they're anyway already on laptops and you know they're anyway in a nice office so it's easy for them to use these systems and you know look at these reports and the dashboards etc yes. but the end users are actually people who are at the property 
uh, we are talking about the technical stuff we are potentially talking about housekeeping stuff people are who are always on the move mm-hmm. and they might not always be the most sophisticated users of technology so what do you think on how companies should implement technology for this user base okay um there is a couple of points here that i'd like to make uh, sure you have the technical staff which is divided into two parts one is the hard services normally those people are have mm-hmm. a, a, you know technical education and mm-hmm. have a degree so to a certain extent they are uh, they can read and write sure. the other part of the staff are the housekeeping or the cleaning operatives mm-hmm. and in some cases uh, if not the majority of the cases uh, they have a small command of the english language even in reading and writing sure then you have on the other side the customer who is actually living in the building mm-hmm. or working in the building mm-hmm. uh, or in a hospital or in a <clears throat> now uh, people I'll start with the third part which is people who are the uh, customer I call them okay the customer in a building and a mall etc normally they prefer to call a call center they don't like to use an application maybe when they are in a, a residential compound some of them like to use an application mm-hmm. but normally it is an application under the property management or under the community management which is linked in the back end with okay. the facilities management service provider unless he is buying a service for his home then you'll find some applications in UAE mm-hmm. which can connect you with different service provider at the same time and this that's a B2C application okay. when you go into the other side we sh- we said uh, at the uh, facilities uh, management company there is hard service and soft services mm-hmm. so normally there is a mobility solution with them it's either an ipad or uh, a, a mobile phone which mm-hmm. could be an android or an iphone mm-hmm. and uh, then the idea that i want to uh, uh, stress on here is to simplify it especially when it comes to the house cleaning operatives mm-hmm. so in uh, one of the implementations that i've done last year was to ensure that it's very simple qr code scan it take a picture scan it close and that's it but if you tell him uh, uh, there's a checklist and everything is in english the guy doesn't read english in the first place you know the uh, cleaning operator yeah. so it's not fair so he will be just unchecking or checking everything make it simple for for the uh, cleaner okay for the housekeeping staff for uh, make it visual for him so for example if he's doing uh, a room in a hotel uh, make sure that you're putting uh, items on each item on the pillow on the sheets on uh, you know cleaning the floor etc and just with a small uh, touch make it green uh, or red mm-hmm. and then he can uh, put a small comment voice note or whatever but putting visual uh, uh, aid for uh, the staff makes it easier for them definitely that's a very interesting pointer putting visual aids and taking it forward from there also a very interesting point that a lot of times i think protect companies and even leadership teams get carried away with how much they believe technology can do for the business and as you rightly mentioned building out elaborate apps which have like big checklist workflows and like so many different uh, work approval processes etc um, those things are easy to build but incredibly tough to implement as well as you rightly pointed out right like it might not be easy to get the team to use mobility solutions uh, at scale especially so now let's talk about the implementation portion as well right lot of times business owners believe that their job is done when they actually buy the software 
uh, mm. you know from any particular provider but we both know that it's far <laughs> from the truth yeah. so let me maybe ask you like what are some points that cafm sorry fm leaders should keep in mind when implementing a cafm system okay when you're implementing a new cafm system or any software uh, you need to understand that it will take you a lot of time to implement it so you buy a software it's an empty package mm -hmm. so you need first to ensure that you understand your processes and you have them written down and then uh, you have a good project manager from an IT perspective you have good people from finance from operations uh, from health and safety but basically the most two important or three important pillars are operations finance and procurement mm -hmm. so if you have those three uh, really understand their work in coordination with the project manager from the IT perspective mm -hmm. uh, and solutions team then uh, you know the implementation would be smooth but normally it will take up to two years mm -hmm. if not three to get it to where you want it and it means like daily at the beginning then weekly you know then monthly follow up uh, with the uh, implementer the consultant that you bring because mm -hmm. normally the, uh, the there's a company that sells the software right and then there's a company that actually programs it yeah uh, after a certain stage i would advise to bring a programmer in-house mm -hmm. uh, so that when you are let's say in phase three mm -hmm. when you're fine-tuning doing some reporting integrating it with another small app or small uh, software you have the resource in-house uh, and that he could be the administration uh, administrator of, of the software right yeah interesting so um, just going back to an earlier point that we were talking about because now you brought up he maybe at some point it's interesting for an FM company to bring one or two programmers in-house right just yes. so that they have the agility to move forward now let's maybe talk about a similar concept uh, at the real estate development company level or at you know a property management company level. At what stage in let's say the real estate development life cycle do you feel that the developer should consider bringing the FM capability in-house? Okay, um, normally if anything uh, you are uh, buying you need to make a buy or make decision. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm a, um, if I buy it is it cheaper for me? Uh, or it is uh, more expensive mm -hmm. so that's one angle so you need to have volume to be able to cover your overheads to set up an FM company mm -hmm. uh, and then is it you are doing it for yourself if you are only doing things for yourself and you are concentrating on um, selling developing homes villas apartments mm -hmm. uh, commercial uh, towers or whatever mm -hmm. and you know you want to sell then you have a strong uh, in-house team to be a managing agent or to supervise you know third parties but if your business plan you want to diversify your income streams where you build or you invest in a defensive investment mechanism like an FM company or a community management company or, or a property management company uh, then uh, you need you need to have the scale and then you need to have good systems and prove the concept on yourself and then go out to the market the next important point is that uh, normally when you are a real estate developer you need to ensure that you have good quality associated and good service associated with your product so you have the product of selling an apartment or a villa or an office mm -hmm. uh, but also you need people to come and say oh i like this community i like this building because the service is really good yeah so you need the the fm uh, company becomes 
uh, you know, plays an important part in maintaining and helping the brand shine mm. through, uh, uh, you know, uh, giving a good experience for the tenant or the person who bought an apartment or a villa in that community. And it's a very important aspect as well because real estate developers play a very long game. Their brand name gets built out over decades, right? And when they don't have good control on how the asset is managed after them exiting the project and let's say maybe the FM team does, is not doing a really good job 10 years from now people are going to say hey that developer does not really do good projects but when in reality they did a good job yes. they weren't able to manage it really well uh, we mentioned earlier about how UAE is uh, ahead of the game so you know now the majority of the developers would do engage the facilities management at an early stage mm -hmm. at the design stage and they would do FM design reviews. Uh, they will look at the operability and the maintainability of the asset mm -hmm. in the future. Uh, the good developers definitely will not look at putting the cheapest equipment and making a quick uh, buck. Mm -hmm. They will look at putting something which is cost effective, which uh, serves the purpose, which is energy efficient. You know, now we are going towards the net zero. Also, okay. that's another driver. So again, the, the other thing that is important to take into consideration that the government, the the uh, management of the whole country mm -hmm. goes towards certain direction of sustainability, of uh, net zero, and that pushes the uh, governmental sector as well as the private sector and under them the real estate developers to adopt the latest in uh, technology, the latest in uh, sustainable ways and methods to ensure that they reduce their carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. Again, in Europe, they are maybe a little bit ahead of us where, yeah. you know, there is, uh, you pay tax now and uh, there's okay. a lot of uh, uh, countries that are saying now we have to actually demolish some buildings and rebuild them Correct. in a sustainable manner uh, so that we can, uh, we avoid tax. We are not at this stage here, but I think the approach that the UAE in particular has adopted is a, a fantastic roadmap mm -hmm. to uh, uh, to reach uh, net zero and have a better environment for everybody living within the United Arab Emirates. That's a really good point. Like, and right now, sustainability is so much of the focus as well, right? So it's really interesting to know like how the country itself is, you know, moving towards moving towards that. Um, just one, maybe one last quick question on the PropTech side once again. Yes. Are there any technologies that you wish existed for the FM industry that don't already exist? Um, I think the, many things exist. The problem is the implementation and uh, some, some of them are at the, uh, at the infancy stage. Mm -hmm. So uh, last year we won an award for applying the augmented reality. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've spoken about this moving the technology from F1 mm -hmm. to FM. So, uh, you know, I saw uh, the augmented reality technology in Jitex two years back, and it was on uh, a stand of a company called TeamViewer, which are the uh, sponsor for Lewis Hamilton uh, F1 uh, AMG car. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was interested in the car at the beginning, and then I noticed how they use it between the factory and between the car or the engineers that service the car in different areas of the world and i thought okay that could help the uh, the my uh, engineers uh, and this could be a good communication between the subject matter expert and the technician on site which will reduce the uh, transportation from a cost perspective as well as a pollution and make mm -hmm. us more sustainable and now 
uh, that has been implemented across. Uh, virtual reality is uh, something that, uh, you know, uh, there's companies that are developing training material mm -hmm. and you can put the uh, headset mm -hmm. uh, on the head of any person mm -hmm. and then he can have it in any language. So English, Arabic, uh, Urdu, Talim, uh, Hindi, etc. Mm -hmm. And that makes the training easy for the technician to have in his accommodation and uh, it is one-on-one -on -one. rather than at the moment there is a lot of people yeah. uh, attending one training and mm -hmm. sometimes you know there's a language barrier and a concentration issue because there is a lot of people at the same time okay. uh, so there's uh, technologies also on artificial intelligence on uh, iot now mm -hmm. that's the new big thing collecting that data uh, looking at it, making the computer help you with the machine learning and the AI to look at future trends mm -hmm. uh, which can make you more cost effective from an energy perspective but also in your operations you can go towards uh, uh, condition-based maintenance mm -hmm. rather than just the preventive maintenance that we normally use. So that's really interesting like especially the point about how virtual reality can be used to train staff right yes. um, because we hear of a lot of applications for virtual reality but this is the first time i'm hearing how it can effectively be used to train the team yes there's a couple of companies that i was in touch with uh, and uh, what there is now is more towards health and safety but the good thing when you tell them okay i want you to develop something for me mm -hmm you can collaborate with them and they can do the programming the animation and all this and then it could be branded even with the branding of uh, the company that you work with so one of the interesting things that we see in the automotive industry for example is that there is a generational shift happening like people are moving away from petrol and diesel based vehicles to electric vehicles what do you think is one such transformative trend which could potentially happen in the FM industry over the next decade or two? Again, technology is key. Um, I think a lot of places uh, you're, see, you're starting to see robots, ro uh, cleaning robots yeah. in, in particular, uh, you know, especially in the times where there is, uh, let's say, the mall closed or it's a dead shift in the evening. Mm -hmm. So the deep cleaning is being done by, by the robots. You're seeing augmented reality, uh, as I mentioned earlier in our discussion. Uh, as soon as you know how much it will save for you money and the return on investment is good, you would adopt it. Mm -hmm. So I had a couple of our my colleagues in the FM industry reach out to me and ask me, how did you do it? Uh, I, you know, how much it cost? And you know, uh, we, I even posted the video on, on that online. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, the use of the artificial intelligence mm -hmm. in chatbots, mm -hmm. you know, something that you will see more in the future. Mm -hmm. Integration more between property management and facilities management is something that you could see. But everything will be driven towards technology because people want to do things faster, more reliable, yeah. you know. Uh, I, uh, but always there needs to be a balance and there needs to be a shift in how can we use the uh, technicians in a different way, in a smarter way. Mm -hmm. So there will be a development, a learning curve for uh, the technical staff mm -hmm. uh, that today the technology is here to help you 
not to replace you because that's always something that the yes. technical staff would be afraid of oh robots they are going to do the job no they won't they can do part of it yeah. but they cannot replace you completely uh, call centers some i've actually heard it from some of the staff mm -hmm. or from uh, operators that you know uh, in the future all those uh, avatars and you know uh, virtual chat rooms will replace us uh, maybe it will reduce your work and you would be doing something else mm -hmm. but i don't see uh, you know a replacement personally when i call the telecom operator and i want to ask for something or complain about something and i get the virtual uh, operator you know i'm just saying please connect me to a real person connect <laughs> me to a real person because it's just at uh, uh, a stage where it's not reliable right. obviously with time it will grow uh, but without people nothing will move forward we are the people we are the the uh, the uh, what's the how how to put it in a nice way people invented technology mm -hmm. not technology did not invent man yeah you know god invented man but yeah. we invented technology yeah. uh, so we will keep using it for our advantage, mm -hmm. for the development of the industry and mm -hmm. for the development of the environment we live in. And okay. hopefully, you know, it will work, uh, it will go in the right direction. That's a very interesting point. There is this thought itself, which is that you will not be replaced by AI, but you might be replaced by a person who's using AI. Yeah. And that, that, that kind of falls in line with, you know, what you shared as well. Um, we could keep talking all day, but you know, like uh, we're running out of time. Thank you so much for sharing all of these insights here with us today. Thank you so much for allowing us a chance to shoot in such a wonderful uh, background. Thank you so much for inviting us to your home. Uh, we would love to do this, you know, like once again, maybe in a couple of years, you know, to see like how things have progressed since. But thank you so much for being with us. Uh, thank you very much for coming. Uh, my home is your home. And hopefully you enjoy your visit in uh, the United Arab Emirates, especially in Dubai. Thank you so much. If you like the show, please don't forget to give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.